0: Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. 538.com looks at whether Republicans have given up on black voters. Of course, a lot of black folks would look at that and say, well, of course they have. They did that a long, long time ago. But author Perry Bacon Jr. says that the party's efforts to reach out and connect with black voters is actually getting worse. The last Bush administration, according to Bacon, did a better job than the current administration does. So what does that mean for black Republicans? And is their loyalty to party incompatible with the garish insensitivity and bigotry that we are seeing coming out of the Republican Party in the Trump era? And I've got two guests who have a lot to say about this. Uh, in studio with me, <laughs> Wayne Bradley is the managing partner of American Urban Strategies, former state director of African-American Engagement for the Michigan Republican Party. Wayne, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Also with us is Brandon Bryce. He's an independent political consultant, used to identify as Republican, but now mm-hmm identifies as independent. Brandon, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So, Wayne, I want to start with you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You're somebody who's worked in Republican politics for some time. Uh, I first want to get your reaction to the idea that things are getting worse as it pertains to, to the GOP reaching out to black voters, whether you think that's true, but- also, give me a sense of what it has been like to be <laughs> a black Republican over the, over the years and, and as different sort of people have taken the lead in the party and the party has taken, I think, really different approaches to the idea of trying to welcome African-Americans into the tent.
2: Man, that was a lot of different questions <laughs> and a lot of different layers. That's right. Um, I, I would say uh, from a national perspective, it's been harder to recruit uh, and try to get more black Republicans involved in the last few, two years. And to be quite honest, when I'm looking at this, I read the article, too, and it was saying have Republicans given up on winning black voters. I say they have not done that, uh, but what they've gone to more now, uh, as you, if you look at Florida and if you look at Georgia, they went on issues as opposed to candidates. I mean, I don't think DeSantis was appealing to black voters, but he was able to get 18% of black women based on the school choice issue. Hmm. Uh, black men in Georgia made the difference for Kemp because they voted for him as opposed to voting for, and then people say, oh, it might be the sexism issue. Black men are you know, going to always support a man over a woman. You know, these different kind of issues. But I think that what they really did was they connected on issues that, uh, that are not just black or white issues. I mean, uh, parents that live in underserved communities are concerned about education. And I think that, to be quite honest, that's something we've talked about for years is that We should focus on issues that are winning issues, school choice being one of them, uh, because even if you're supporting public schools, which I'm a graduate of a DPS school, that doesn't mean that you don't want to take away options from other parents. So I think that I think that the bigger issue is that hammering home uh, with the Republicans is that uh, if you don't have this magnetic candidate, uh, it's, it's. smart to focus on issues and i think that we can have some you know some some wins in that area so good. so you
0: you say that it's been tougher in the last couple of years to recruit african americans to to be republicans or mm-hmm. consider themselves republicans i don't think that's any surprise right. given the things that we've seen this president do and and say but but draw a contrast uh, between that and what you saw before. I mean, I think a lot of African Americans would say even before Trump, Mm -hmm. they felt like the Republican Party uh, for decades has done things and said things that make it clear they're not in in favor of the kind of success and equality that African Americans want for themselves. Uh, I don't necessarily
2: think that that's the issue. I think that Two things. Well, two. There's a few things that have contributed to this way of uh, people thinking. One, uh, because of the way black Black people we tend to live all in in, in areas together, uh, which has focused the you know it's made it easier for Democrats because these are the areas they're in to focus their concentration on that, as opposed to the Republican Party that has to go throughout the whole state compared to one metropolis to win votes. And uh, even with this election now, what we saw after 2018 is we saw the so-called soccer mom phenomenon leaving our party. So now we're concerned more about white women leaving the party than than black people just That's just the reality of the situation. Um, Again, I think that Republicans are going to have to obviously strategize and figure out how to use messaging and issues, like how right now we're fighting for the criminal justice reform bill. This is Donald Trump. This is uh, Republicans. You know, Rand Paul has worked on this for years. So I think that, uh, and you know, those are the issues that we have to stay strong on. And then, then you can turn, turn around and say the economy is moving, and you know, people will feel better about that. I think that black men, in particular, um, are pocketbook voters more than they are. You know, thinking about every other ill that you know, com- you know, mothers and women are focused on some of the safety and things like. Men want to know, can I have a job? Can I provide for my families? You know, that's, that's our main focus. And I think that if you can show that those are the things that you're working, you know, focused on, uh, you know, black people in general, we don't really focus on the border security and the immigration issue, which we should, uh, because it does affect us in our employment issues, but we don 't we 're not coming from it from a, a issue of in, not having compassion, and mm-hmm. I think that that 's where the Republican Party has kind of dropped the ball in reaching mm-hmm. out to uh,
0: brandon By- bryce uh, you 're somebody who used mm-hmm. to identify as Republican. Mm-hmm. Tell me why that changed
2: so a couple
1: reasons first of all uh, voters black voters focus on two things relevancy and currency, and the Republican Party, in my opinion uh, has failed to do both. Uh, I was Republican for many years I worked for a Republican governor I worked for Uh, a former U.S. Speaker of the House who was Republican. And what defrayed me from the party is I got to realize, I woke up one morning and I said, you know, the effort of funding campaigns for minorities, specifically black voters and black candidates, just was not there. And, you know, furthermore, it was interesting because if you look at a lot of the races that have gotten close, um, typically, Uh, State party officials, state GOP officials, they will fund candidates uh, when they know or when they think that there is a competitive race, as opposed to uh, their white counterparts, specifically in the South, where they will fund and raise the money because they want to make sure that candidate wins. Two different perspectives. And so I think that was one of the reasons that I made the the decision to become independent. Hmm. Uh, The other thing was, and it was official, um, there were some major concerns Uh, I was a Kasich guy. I supported Kasich because I thought he was – although he was Republican, he was uh, a uh, pro-union vote Republican.
0: This is in uh, in, the run-up to the 2016 elections? Right, 2016
1: elections. Uh, There were some major concerns I had with the president. Uh, There were some statements that were made that off the back I knew uh, would be problematic. And then not to mention, even if you look at the Bush administration under uh, 43, um, his cabinet was extremely diverse. Uh, In this cabinet, we have, I think, two or three. um, And even that's questionable, depending on the the type of cabinet positions that they have. And so I think those were some of the major concerns that I had of why I became independent. And then not to mention, uh, if you look at the American trend, uh, 45 percent of Americans right now are identifying as independent because they're saying, well, the Democratic Party takes me for granted and the Republican Party doesn't know who I am. And so I take it, I go back to the whole concept of uh, until we deal with the issue of relevancy and currency, uh, that is funding real campaigns and taking campaigns serious at the city, state, and federal level, uh, I think there, that demise of numbers is going to continue.
0: So, so do you think things are worse now absolutely. than they were before, I, I, now that Donald Trump is, is so, president?
1: So, so here's the irony. Uh, one, absolutely. Uh, I think right now there's the name – you know, what's interesting is that now the Republican is not toxic. It's the, the, the Trump brand is what's toxic now in the African-American community. But what's interesting is if you look at the economy, African-Americans are actually doing better right now.
0: So it, it's, And have it, been for, for a they, long they time. Have, and there's so, an so upward trend that starts in, what, 2009, exactly. 2010, and so, has continued. So it's a catch-22
1: because although there's a uh, – There's a dissident from the Republican and Trump brand right now. I mean, you even look at in major cities, you know, African-American entrepreneurship is growing at 15 percent in places that you never saw that before. And so part of that is the economy. And so I think to the Republican standpoint, uh, that party has to become relevant and identify their policies to the growing economy, specifically in African-American communities, specifically with African-American women.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And my guests are Wayne Bradley. He is the managing partner of American Urban Strategies, former state director of African-American Engagement for the Michigan Republican Party. Also with us is Brandon Bryce. He's an independent political consultant, used to identify as Republican, now identifies as an independent. We're talking about a recent article in com that talks about The GOP's outreach to black voters. It says that that outreach looks worse today than it did just eight years ago or 10 years ago when uh, George W. Bush was the president of the United States. Uh, Is that uh, something that uh, the party needs to sort of pay attention to? Maybe try to fix? Uh, Wayne... uh, I I remember, in I think it was two thousand eight, or it might have been twelve. Pretty pretty prominent Republicans talked about how the party's future was in jeopardy if they could not expand the base that they had been relying on for several decades, Uh, and and I assume that they meant Latino voters, uh, African American voters, all kinds of people who have felt, I think, in large part. Uh, sort of shunned, shunned by the the, the GOP. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2018. I don't hear a lot of Republican leaders talking that way, even.
2: Well, uh, so to your point, 2013 is when they create the Growth and Opportunity Program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, you were actually part of that too a little bit there. low-key. probably don't <laughs> want to throw that out there now, but the,
0: the man, no money program. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: and so, you know, now the, th- the thing is, what I will say is that they invested heavily and still have invested heavily in Latino um, outreach. And now this is the where I'm going to put some of the onus on Black voters. Uh, and what I what I say is that we have given away our vote to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and and to be quite honest, if we were even voted at a clip of 80, 20 or, you know, 85, 15, you would probably have more active, uh, investment, but they, the numbers, you know, like I said, now, like I said, they're, they're focused on losing soccer moms, you know, the the white woman vote. And so, uh, it's, it's a numbers game. And Mm -hmm. I think in 2013, they, what they did have a problem with is because the president Obama was there. And President Obama uh, was taking even black Republicans away. He was taking away the business owner guys. Not necessarily because they agreed with everything he said, but they were proud of him. They saw somebody they could identify with. And maybe they weren't necessarily calling themselves, you know, Democrats, but they still would do an Obama fundraiser. They'd still be a part. They wanted to be part of history. And I think that at that time you had a very open-minded chairman, uh, you know, in Maurice Priebus, who was a a former NAACP lawyer that understood, and he's from the Midwest. I think that's something else that uh, when I point out uh, things that are different is that certain states, uh, they were more active about it. Michigan, in my opinion, Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania at the time were were willing to gamble and invest a little bit more than, say, uh, some of these southern states. Hmm. And I had friends that worked in southern states that were met with just – upfront resistance. They didn't feel like they needed that, right? Okay, so um, I just think that it it does matter about the leadership, and so in 2013, we opened up an office in Detroit, and it's, you know, still there to this minute, but we opened up an office in Detroit, and we got to work. We got to work dealing with churches. We got to work dealing with the business community, and it was, I was always just an open line to the community, and you could always come in our office. We we would have different events. we would had expungement fairs. We'd have different community leaders that typically wouldn't be in Detroit. Come to Detroit, Tim Scott, Rand Paul, you know, the Attorney General multiple times, Lieutenant Governor. Uh, But, yeah, things have gotten things have changed a little bit. So, you know, go to 2016 when Trump won. There were people that had not voted that voted for Trump. There were people that were Democrats. uh, You know, blue-collar workers that liked what he was saying in particular about trade. I think that uh, that and the wall, you know, the the wall issue. And so those two things brought out voters that might not always even vote a Republican. And he was able to win uh, in that fashion. In terms of getting more black people out to vote, I think black people uh, were not, you know, they were turned off by some of the, the language. But they were willing you and know his history, but people did not like hillary Clinton and I, and I again, I always point that out people were not you know it was not as much an indictment for for Donald Trump as that people did not like hillary clinton and it 's not to say that if anybody else from the Republican party would have ran against her, that they might not have won. people did not want to support yeah. hillary Clinton and, and, and what Trump you saw
0: him. in the city was about 20,000 fewer voters show up in 2016 Mm -hmm. than had shown up in 2012.
2: 80,000 ballots that did not
0: have a a presidential vote. Right, right. (laughs) An incredible number. Uh, So, you know. Yeah, go ahead, Brandon.
1: I was going to say, you know, that speaks to why this whole independent movement is so important because what's happening is you have two people who voters are not necessarily happy with And that's all that they have. You know, one thing that I want to say really quick, uh, Wayne, it's interesting when you talk about the demise of the black Republican is that, and I brought this up before, uh, Steve, black Republicans don't have the same narrative as their white counterparts. Mm -mm. And what's interesting is that that voice has been lost right now. When you talk about the issues with Mia Love and you talk about some of the racial issues in Charlottesville, my question has been, (laughs) my question has been, where are the black Republicans? Mm -hmm. This is your time. And so what's interesting is, you know, when you say, well, what happened to the party? I think there's a couple things. One, um, and I can tell you, as a graduate of Howard University, I actually became Republican because Jack Kemp was on our board uh, at Howard. And I had the opportunity to meet him, and he actually got me my first job. But Jack Kemp and uh, Colin Powell and, uh, J. C. you Watts. know, J.C. Watts, and, you know, these, that faction of moderatism is gone. I mean, right now you have literally a Tea Party neoconservative movement that in my case doesn't speak to not only just African-American issues, but doesn't speak to the American where America is right now. Um, the other thing is, is, you know, one of the factions that I think has been lost when we talk about how to gain uh, Republican strength in minority districts is the reality of the labor vote. You know, one of the things is at one time in America, you know, you had labor, which still to this day That voted Republican Uh, somewhere down the line that got lost where it meant if you were labor, that automatically meant you supported a Democratic candidate. Mm -hmm. And I think when they lost that, when they lost the middle class backbone of America, that literally ended Republican concepts and ideologies in inner city districts. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's start with Peter in Detroit. Peter, what's on your mind?
3: Listen, you know. There's more reasons to not vote for Republican other than whether or not I have a job or Hillary Clinton. The, the outreach that I've seen over the years with the Republicans reaching out to black people has been nothing but window dressing. The office that's, that, 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 that uh, your, your guest is speaking about here in Detroit is about six blocks from my house. There's never anybody there. The place is never open. I drive by every day. There's never anything going on there. We know The, the Republican Party got a black uh, uh, chairman when we got a black president. But when he spoke truth to power, when he spoke truth to the party and said, you know, we're not giving black people a reason to vote for us, they showed him the door. Even after, in a midterm election, they made a bunch of gains.
0: You're when talking, about, Freibus, Michael, talking about Michael talking Steele. Michael Steele. Ooh, sure. When
3: Rice Priebus got it handed to him, what did he get? A new contract, and, and, and they gave him the highest salary they ever paid to the Republican Party uh, chairman. You think that's not a surprise? How about Alan Keyes, who they used to, to carpetbag all around to run against other people to say, look, we have a black Republican. We got one, but we'll, we'll take this guy all over the place and run him everywhere we can. All that is is window dressing. If you're going to do that and then embrace white nationalists and the Confederacy and, and uh, 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 dog whistle racism, I'm not voting for you. You're, you're not reaching out to me.
0: Yeah. I wanna, Peter, I, I really appreciate the call and the thoughts there. I think that, that that puts a really fine point on a lot of the criticisms that we hear from African-Americans about the Republican Party. Go ahead, Brian. Stephen,
1: really quick. I want to comment on that. I think that was probably one of the most honest commentaries on the state of minorities in Republic in the GOP that I've ever heard. Uh, I was in the meeting in at the RNC in Washington, D.C., when they were when we were forming the growth and opportunity uh Growth and Opportunity Act, which was supposed to be an outreach initiative, a serious outreach initiative uh, through the GOP under then Chairman Rance Priebus. there was no money. Uh, you and then the other factor is you have to select people as if you would for any job or any opportunity that actually have ties to the community. That's important. Right. I can't support a guy who to go uh, who's never been in Detroit, never stepped foot in Detroit but then wants to recruit in Detroit, and they live in Bloomfield Hills. That's not going to work. And what you saw is it not just happened here in Michigan, but it happened throughout all 50 states where some of the people that were selected were probably selected because they were African American, but they didn't necessarily have the ties. Kudos to Wayne here, who's actually from the city, who uh, had ties in the community, but we needed 50 Waynes, <laughs> I'm being honest. And right. so we did not have those folks that the community could identify, whether it was labor, whether it was uh, some of the social service markets, whether it was the churches, those that's real outreach. And then on the, the cherry on the top is once that plan got initiated, they needed a budget. They needed money to do the things that they do, which is the same thing that they do in suburban communities. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Wayne, what, what happened to that effort and for outreach and you know this office in Detroit uh, Peter says he drives by it it's not well, open. I, I haven't worked there
2: since April so yeah. I can't that's probably
0: a fair that's probably a fair. You know, my, uh, friend, uh, my friend Graham Davis uh, who uh, mm. works for the, the other side of the, uh, the political spectrum mm. made a lot during the campaign of going by the Bill Schuette office in Detroit uh, each day and showing how it was closed right, uh, right all the way up to wow. the election uh, y- is this not a serious endeavor on the part I mean of
2: it would be I would say I would be lying to you to say if I sat here and said they don't invest enough you can you mm-hmm. can spend a little money but th- then you get little results I mean you 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 get what you you get what you put into it mm-hmm. uh, and I've told people hiring me sometimes that's not going to cut it as your black outreach mm-hmm. you know you've got to there's radio there's tv there's different things you have to do there's other people you need to hire this place is I mean, to to the credit of Bill and to even get in that office, you know, we were working with Reverend Holly. You know, that was his area, mm-hmm. and we'll, and, mm-hmm. and so again, um, what happens is they start with good intentions and say we're going to get this office, or so we're going to do this, but then they we don't do you no know, go through that second step and make sure we have someone in there twenty four seven. Now, to be quite honest, at the point that he had got the office, it was already you know we were three weeks away from the election and so he was doing it to, to trying to get volunteers in there to make phone calls and things like that. But, like, when we had our Detroit office when we first came in 2014, uh, we had computers in there. We had, you know, when it wasn't just, like, come on in. You could actually, you know, 10 people at a time can make phone calls. And now <laughs> with the technology, everything's on your cell phone, so that's even changed a little bit. But the point was... Uh and our state was different. This was when Bobby Show under the leadership of Bobby Schostack, mm-hmm. uh where he's a guy that's done business in Detroit. He understands, he's worked with Reverend Wendell Anthony on inclusion. He gets it. And so he handpicked that office himself. He we went all over the place. You need people that are tied into the community and understand it. Just not just necessarily from a politics standpoint, but also uh a business and inclusion standpoint. And I think that that is uh right now because of the fact, you know, and and Ronna Romney, or Ron McDaniel, Mm -hmm. as I should say now, she (laughs) is from here, but she didn't, you know, she didn't have the kind of background that Bobby Shostak had, and the party is evolving into something different right now where again, they're worried now about losing the soccer moms, and so that's the the, the people they're concerned about right now, uh, and we just have to be honest about that, is that's the priority. Will they look to try to speak on issues? Like right now, for example, you have the uh, the opportunity zones that Donald Trump did through his tax plan, Tim Scott should be going across the country uh I talked with jimmy Kemp his Jack Kemp's son about this. There needs to be promoting of those kind of ideals and those you know
0: issues that are winning issues for Urban cities. Wayne Bradley, former uh, state director of African-American Engagement for the Michigan Republican Party, managing partner of American Urban Strategies. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, also, Brandon Bryce, independent political consultant. Always great to talk with you as Thank well. Thank you. All right. Up next, we'll meet the director of a new film that takes a look at the life of the late judge, Damon J. Keith. Stay with us on Detroit Today.